To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Please stand clear of the doors. For favor, Hello and welcome to Miles from Main Street, your far from Disney podcast. My name is Mikhailo. And I'm Brian. And we're here to talk about Disney World. But especially coping away from Disney. Which we know a lot about being from the Midwest. Here at Miles from Main Street, our preferred travel agency is Magical Vacations by Kimberly. Kimberly is a Disney expert and can handle all of your Disney planning needs. She can also plan Universal and all major cruise lines. Contact Kimberly at Magical Vacations by Kimberly at Yahoo.com. And find her on Facebook and Instagram under Magical Vacations by Kimberly. So today on Miles from Main Street, we're talking about collections. Brian and I both have some collections. Brian's is a lot bigger than mine. Uh, mine is fairly modest. Um, I like to collect the my, probably my biggest collection is the attraction artwork that they had at Disneyland and Disney World. Um, my apartment is just all of the art in my apartment is uh, all of the attraction posters. Um, I have a Haunted Mansion one, a Tower of Terror. I have Great Movie Ride, and that's the TCM uh, version. Um, all the way down to Pirates of the Caribbean, and I have um, some Splash Mountain artwork. Um, so that's kind of... Uh, I also like to say that I collect. I think I, I want to get into collecting uh, spirit jerseys. I have two right now, and Brian's, Brian likes to make fun of me and tells me that I uh, two is not a collection. <laughs> so, um, Brian, Brian, what do you want to you tell him what you got? Well, I've amassed a collection of magic bands just from having a family of five that mm -hmm. goes on a few trips. Um, I've also picked up a few of the design ones that are pretty cool as well. Um, but th what I've been working on more recently is the Disney Store Keys. Uh, they've, <laughs> in the last month or two, they've been really pumping those out. So it's been fun picking those up. And, uh, it, you know, they've got a Fantasia one and a Tigger key and, um, they just released a, uh, child key. And, um, so it's been a lot of fun picking those up easily displayable and, and they're fun. The artwork's fun on them. Very cool. Yeah. Bri Brian, I've seen, uh, pictures of, of Brian's house and, um, he definitely looks like a collector. It's all very cool. Um, and we... We want to hear about the things that you guys collect. So we actually reached out to a couple people um, and we did a couple interviews with some people who uh, are Disney collectors. I think we did a pretty good job of finding some people that collect different things. That's one of the really cool things about Disney is that there's so many different areas that you can focus on. And we were able to find a couple of people that. Um, that collect different things and we got to talk to them about it. It was fun. Hey, so we got Anthony Mustachio here. Uh, he's got a pretty unique haunted mansion collection. Anthony, how are you doing today? Good buddy. Good. How are you today? 
Good, good. Uh, why don't you give us a little bit of a backstory as uh, what brought you to Disney and uh, kind of a little bit about what drove you to start collecting things? Well, uh, my parents brought me to Disney when I was a kid. Every year, that was the yearly vacation. And then when I, we grew up, uh, my parents became a, decided to become annual pass holders. They started taking us twice a year. And so we went three times a year. So I've always had Disney like in my blood going all the way back to when I was a kid. Then as I grew, as I uh, became a young man, when I turned into my twenties and I started collecting things, uh, I, I fell in love with the haunted mansion. I always liked it as a ride, but riding it, it like when you ride as a kid and like you, it's, you know, boo scary as when you ride as a young, look an adult. I'm rambling. I apologize. Riding as an adult, you learn to appreciate it more, appreciate the amount, the history behind it and the amount of effort is, is put into it and the original characters and all the lore behind the mansion and its multiple characters and stories. And one day I just started collecting and it helped when they opened Memento Mori and I could go in and start <laughs> <laughs> grabbing things and taking stuff home from every vacation and people I know when they my because my parents started going to Florida you know on their own when I grew up so then they would bring me back haunted mansion stuff and then my fiance would buy me haunted mansion collectibles you know for Christmas and birthdays so it's it, it just picked up and just one that's pretty awesome um what do you think would be one of your favorite items from your collection uh, hmm. my favorite thing right now, uh, my favorite thing right now, just cause I, I can't pick one, but this, this is my most recent addition to the collection. It's the Disney village haunted mansion model that came out a couple years ago. Mm. And it was actually given to me. My mom's coworker found it in her basement and she had bought it like, 10, 15 years ago when it first came out and just forgot about it. And she knew my mom was into Disney and she gave it to her. And then my mom called me up one day and said, Hey, someone gave me this haunted mansion thing. You know, it's all yours. And it lights up, you plug it in. It's, it's similar to the, to the model you can get like in the, the art of Disney store, mm -hmm. like the one that has the little mansion sitting on top with the hearse outside and the trees. But this is just the mansion, just on the grounds, and it's it's a little bigger than that. And it has tombstones. It has uh, one of the hitchhiking ghosts standing at the front door, and you plug it in. There's little jack o' lanterns. They light up. the uh, The mausoleum lights up. It's really cool. Nice. That yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> is that the uh, so favorite right now? Just because it's the newest thing, and I didn't <laughs> know it existed until about two weeks ago. Cool. So is that the uh, is that the Disney World Haunted Mansion model or is it the Disneyland Haunted Mansion model? The Disney World version. Um, so one thing that I've seen around, um, and I kind of wonder if you have it, uh, are those the Haunted Mansion plaques. Um, yeah, they're the, the plaques that are like right in front, uh, like right in the front of the queue of, of Haunted Mansion that just say Haunted Mansion. Uh, I see oh, them. Oh, oh like yeah. the, the, the sign out front. No, I yep. don't have that. I almost bought it. 
I almost bought it last time I was down there in Memento Mori mm-hmm. and I, I, I didn't bite the bullet. I, I was like next time. <laughs> so, so how extensive is your collection? Um, I know I, Brian, Brian is more of a collector than I am. I, I like to say I'm a collector, but really it's just kind of spirit jerseys and, and magic bands and candles and stuff. <laughs> That's really all I have. Um, but Brian is much more of a collector than I am. Um, but kind of what, um, what are the things that you have and, and how, how big is your collection right now? I'll say that it's literally wall to wall just cause <laughs> on the one half of my apartment, I have the four canvases, painted canvases of the four stretching mm. portrait, stretching room portraits on the wall. And then on the other side is, uh, like a, a large rack that has a bunch of collectibles. So literally wall to wall. I have, uh, the four stretching room portraits on a uh, bookcase. I have uh, the art of Disney version of the mansion uh, with two, two uh, jars, ghost in a jars, mm-hmm. uh, constant Tatchaway and the Hatbox ghost alongside the picture. I took a memento Mori that they turned into like the ghost when you turn the picture. Mm-hmm. Then I have the Disney villages version that I spoke about a little earlier. And I have the busts of the the extended family outside in the extended like of the uh, the model of that. Uh, I have a couple shadow boxes, one of the hitchhiking ghosts, one of Madame Leota. Uh, I have a the hat box ghost art of Disney model, and then on my Christmas tree, I have. Two- uh, one of them they're green the other one they're blue and then i have one that's just them kind of toppling each other so they're they're all over the place and then by my front door <laughs> i have a poster a frame poster of the po- the uh, liberty square poster you know they've been dying to meet you with the three of them with the three hitchhiking goes pointing out their thumbs right next to the door pointing to the door it felt like the, the best place to put it <laughs> Awesome. I actually so have they are, are wall to the mansion is wall to wall in here. <laughs> cool. I, I actually have uh I have one of the ghosts in the jars. Um and I wanted to get the hat box ghost because they went on sale uh just uh I think it was like last month or two months ago. I don't know, the months are are all molding together. Um but I wanted to get uh yeah. the hat box ghost because it's that's like iconic in the beginning of of uh haunted mansion but i actually got um i got the sea captain which is actually really cool and there's history behind that because uh when it first when it was becoming a a walkthrough attraction um that's kind of that was the theme was the the uh haunted sea captain so i i I think that's that's a pretty good cool trade-off right on uh i will say that all of the the jars, they all, when you push down on top of them, they all make the same noises. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no difference between the two of them, which is a little disappointing, but it, it's <laughs> no big deal. But uh, what's what's fun about them, and I didn't know this at first, is when the surface that they're on, like if they're on a shelf or a table, and like the table gets knocked or there's a slight bit of movement, the jar starts laughing. <laughs> and I did not know that at first. And when I got my first jar and I turned it on, I was like, oh, this is so cool. And I put it down, I put it on my dresser and then I'd be, you know, taking clothes out and it would start laughing 
And I was for the first time it happened, I freaked. I was like, what, where'd that come from? And then I realized it's from the jar and just that any vibration near it, it, it starts cackling. And that's a fun thing to, to do with the people who don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I'll have to, I'll have to, I think it's done that to me before, but I didn't even realize it. <laughs> any, any vibration. You don't even need to touch it. Like if you knock near it, it'll start. Wow. It'll start doing it. <laughs> Very cool. This is this is so funny. Shut up. <laughs> this is so funny. Uh, I as I went over to the jars just now, I found uh, the Hatbox Ghost Christmas ornament that I guess I had gotten and put there, waiting for my Christmas tree to go up. And I guess I mm. kind of just forgot about it. So, <laughs> all right, one more ornament to go on the tree. Well, there you go. <laughs> couldn't be, couldn't have been a more appropriate time. Exactly. Uh, so Brian, how you're... do you? Yeah, how do you handle um, your collection? Do you, are you just kind of when you're at the park, you pick something up, or are you pretty active when you're looking for things, uh, or are you active at looking for things um, online and different things? Uh, not really active online. Usually if I'm in the parks, which who knows when that's going to be again. Uh, I usually pick something up, uh, usually something small, just cause I'm afraid of it breaking. Like I'm afraid to like get like it, like one of the models and then take it home and it gets like messed up on the plane. It comes home broken. Uh, but usually something small, but usually for a birthday or Christmas or like an anniversary, my fiance, usually that's like a guarantee. In fact, the last on our anniversary a couple months ago, she actually ordered me a, a model of the the ballerina girl in in the tutu over the crocodile, but it came broken. Mm. And when she contacted Disney, they were like, "Yeah, we don't have any more right now." So, oh damn! Oh, always the fear with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not never really looking online, but I I usually end up with two or three things before the end of the year. And like with the village, the, the village model, the mansion, sometimes I just I just luck out. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty I, awesome that you've amassed quite a collection here and and you really aren't working at it you know you just kind of pick something up here and there and um, yeah it's, it's up just grown over the years yeah i've noticed with uh with like things like ebay and because there's no real um brian and i've talked about this before uh there's no real good place to really find all of the stuff that they that they have at the parks online um, eBay is always kind of hit or miss. And especially for some reason with, with haunted mansion, um, stuff on eBay, you either can't find it or it's like, like you so expensive. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it, I think it's because like, it's kind of grown like a cult following over the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Yeah. It seems like Disney's really blown up in the last few years as a whole, really? but then, mm-hmm. yeah, these little pieces are, are really growing as well mm-hmm. it kind of just it kind of just kind of like my collection it kind of just blew up just <laughs> when like, people started wanting haunted mansion stuff they opened the store next to the ride and they they realized people will pay money to to get the cool stuff and to the col- people like the collectibles cool so uh, uh brian do you have anything else all good here Cool. Yeah. Um, 
I'm great. I, I, I could sit and talk about Haunted Mansion all night. <laughs> yeah, same here. It's, it's the best. I hope yeah. we get a good movie this time. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony, for uh, coming out and uh, talking to us about your collection and uh, a little bit about the Haunted Mansion. Thanks so much for having me. So today we've got Laura Blanchard here with us. She is a Disney collector um, and a Disney fan as well. Uh, Laura, how are you doing today? Yeah, very good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Um, I understand you collect older Disney things, kind of like um, things that have a lot more history with them. Yes, yeah, so um, I do collect some modern stuff as well. It's mm-hmm. kind of a, you know, I, I buy what I like, but um, <laughs> the kind of era of Disney stuff that I prefer to collect and look into is anything from the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. Wow. So how yeah. do you go about finding stuff like that? Um, I spend a lot of time on eBay, I will admit. Um, I live on eBay just to find just the odd bit of Disney on uh, The other thing that I used to do before the whole lockdown situation was I used to go to quite a lot of antique places. Um, in Britain, you don't get so many flea markets and antique places that sell Disney on but every now and again, you, you find something that's interesting and you kind of go, oh, that's so quintessential for the 1930s. I need to do more research into that. And if I like the price, I'll decide to take it home with me and then do some more research into where it's come from, why it was made, and yeah, just everything that I can get my hands on, really. That's awesome. I, For some reason, I would think that um, it would be a little bit more difficult um, out in Britain to kind of find this Disney stuff. Is it... Um, I'm not sure if you would know if it would, if it would be more prevalent in the U.S. than in Britain, but is there is it harder to find stuff, or do you feel like it's it's still around and it's still available? It's definitely harder to find stuff here than I would say in America. That's kind of the disappointing part of it is whenever mm-hmm. I go on eBay, I have to kind of say, "Oh, hang on, where in the world is this coming from, and how much import duty is this going to charge me?" But <laughs> back in back in the 30s and the 40s. Uh, the Disney company was able to issue out licensing to other countries. And so a lot of the stuff that I found, whilst it is Disney, which is obviously quintessentially American, a lot of the products that I'm finding, which is mostly toys and lights, um, it's British companies that have made the product, but under the licensing of Disney. So I can find the odd bit. There's not a lot that's not getting too expensive now because you know we're getting to nearly 100 years of you know Alice and Oswald the rabbit and mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse it's it's getting more more and more rare and a lot harder to find but yeah it's 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 got its challenges but it's so rewarding when you find something oh that's awesome i've been a collector for a long time too on different things and i know the excitement when uh, you do find something um, but like you said, it sounds like you, these things are pretty rare. So what led you to want to spend your time in that era? Well, I've always been a Disney fan. I mean, I was born in 1992. My brothers are older than I am. So I've been brought up on the kind of films that they like. So the older Disney films became, you know, my, my love and passion. 
Um, I guess for a long time I was a fan just that like, I watched the films, which I enjoyed, you know, and I loved the characters. But it's only been in the last few years that I've really looked into the history of Disney and how things are made and how Mickey Mouse came to be and all of that through my other hobby, which is I'm actually a historical reenactor. Oh, oh cool. So through doing reenacting, um, which I've done for 20, ooh, 24 years, I've been reenacting different time periods. Um, started doing World War II maybe about 10 years ago and recently started realizing, well, hang on a minute, there's a lot of Disney ties to what contributions they made during World War II in particular. And I found in Nisha something that I could reenact, which then led to my interest in collecting stuff from that era that I could potentially wear or display. And from there, I just opened my eyes to all this other wonderful, cute, amazing old things that I just went I just need to have them in my collection and I just need to have that little piece of history awesome yeah that's a that's an awesome story just kind of how um these these things that kind of bring us into um these collections and uh the Disney fandom is all very cool uh do you have a uh I guess I have two questions one is do you have like a favorite um type of thing to collect and do you have a like favorite um item that you've collected i wouldn't say i have anything specific that i collect not like a certain item i will admit mm -hmm. i say that but i've just bought my second uh tin plate little child 1930s um sand bucket i have bought a second one <laughs> but i paid about $60 in your money for my first one, which mm -hmm. also came, I also found a, a watering can that went with it and I paid the same again for that. And only last week I found a different styled tin plate bucket that was only about $15. Mm. So I had to have it. It was just, it was just too good. And <laughs> looking on eBay, people are selling them for $120 plus. So sometimes it's, I, it's a lucky find and I go oh that's just so cheap I have to have it you know mm -hmm. um so there isn't really anything in particular I'm kind of a bit picky I guess mm -hmm. I, I kind of go I like it I want it I'll buy it if it's the right price um but my favorite item it was actually a gift which really kind of started and it kind of started me off on collecting Disney on it and really going into that um somebody gifted me a 1930s mickey mouse handout watch mm. and i love it oh. to bits i've always <laughs> wanted i've always wanted one you know previously but never really looked into it and again right price right time managed to get one it doesn't work unfortunately <laughs> i have tried to get it repaired but nobody dares touch it it's an Incasol watch Mm. And yeah, a lot of watch places I've been to just kind of go, no, we wouldn't touch that just because we could potentially do more damage to it. But I don't really care. I just, I love looking at it. I don't wear it because I'm terrified of losing it. But yeah. I just, I love <laughs> putting it in a nice box and just going, I own this. And this is from the 30s. And it's just gorgeous. I love it to bits. Oh, yeah. And th those were super popular back in the day. And uh, actually... Yeah. I have uh, I have an Apple Watch. I'm not wearing it right now, but uh, I have an Apple Watch that actually has the the Mickey uh, face 
on it too. Oh, so wonderful. <laughs> it's kind of my way of having one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did mention that you do a lot of research around it. Is that part of what may have brought you into wanting to collect that era, like that time period? Um, I think what kind of really started it off was doing research around the World War II element. I I do World War II reenacting and um, a lot of what I do I kind of tag along with friends and you know and loved ones that are also involved and I, I love what I do don't get me wrong I mean I represent some amazing women that were you know that fought and did their bit for World War II but it wasn't really 100% me so I wanted to find something that I could do that was really myself and personified me. And it, it all started when I looked up the um, Walt Disney Studios protest of 1941. Mm. And uh, that was really interesting to read into. And it kind of just spiraled out from there. And the I guess the research did kind of get me into collecting. But it was specifically, it was the protest at the Walt Disney Studios that really got me into it. And I was really intrigued and I was fascinated and disappointed. And I felt so many different emotions for it. And I actually uh, got somebody to make me some protest signs that were replicas of what protest signs they used. That obviously looking at photos and went to an event protesting <laughs> but no one had a clue what I was doing and I heard people kind of say what is she protesting probably the war and it's like no <laughs> the protested equal rights and you know and not just between you know men and women but between you know seniority and those mm -hmm. who do particular animations in particular jobs though you know it, it's a lot more but you know what people came over and asked and I was able to share what I knew and what I had researched and everything that I loved about Disney from a history perspective and people just loved it it was amazing and it was amazing to feel like I was doing something that I could reference as me that's awesome. that's an amazing yeah. story that is that's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so um here at miles from main street we uh we're really into parks. That's kind of what uh, brought Brian and I to uh, the Disney fandom. Uh, and I would be remiss if I didn't ask you if you had any uh, old parks memorabilia or anything like that. Um, yes. Most of it's actually been passed from when, my, when I went with my brothers. My brothers went to uh, Orlando before I was born. And then we went again when I was about, I think I was about five. Mum loves to comment on the fact that I absolutely hated everything about it. It's not true. I'm just a massive scaredy cat. And so the idea of going on a Jaws ride just terrified the heck out of me. And I, yeah, I was just scared of these things that I didn't understand. But um, recently, as I've been growing my Disney on a collection of my vintage stuff, I've also been finding the odd... Um, like I found an Epcot glass, like a cocktail glass, which mm -hmm. I kind of went, oh, well, nobody else is using this. That can go into the collection. <laughs> and um, there was a mug from of um, Figment, Figment from the uh, the Imagination yep. ride. And I'm like, yep, that's <laughs> definitely coming with me because you don't see Figment anymore. And then there's so many people <laughs> don't know who Figment is. You know, mm -hmm. that's going to have that's going to become valuable personally as well as obviously 
you know, financially. Mm-hmm. Um, I did go to Disneyland Paris uh, back in ooh, 2014. And I got some, you know, some Minnie Mouse ears, as you do. And I got, <laughs> a, you know, a photo album. I don't really... It sounds really bad. I don't really see the value of modern stuff at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I do have Disney stuff from, you know, that's modern, you know, especially Christmas decorations. I am nuts about Christmas. <laughs> but I really struggle because there's not a lot of stuff that's as adult as the vintage stuff. You know, I mean, I've got a watch. I know there's, you know, I've got a Tim Plate bucket as well, which, you know, I can be a child with. But there's a lot more things that you can collect from the vintage era that as an adult that loves Disney can appreciate but nowadays you don't get that you know there's not as many really nice not too expensive kind of things of memorabilia or you know items that I kind of go you know what that's iconic and it's going to be iconic for a very long time and I'm going to buy that I feel like the quality has changed significantly and I think that's maybe why I'm more appealed to the older stuff than the modern yeah, that makes a lot of sense with with what you're into too. Um, everything has a little bit more of a, a little more value into it uh, because of the history and everything. So that makes a lot of sense. Cool, Brian. Do you have anything else? Uh, all said over here. This has been a great conversation. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank um, you for having me. It's been a pleasure to share. Oh yeah, it's been a pleasure having you. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. This has been, like I said, this has been a great conversation. And now it gives me a little more to go look up. Um, I, As we've talked about on the podcast, I, I'm very much into the history of Disney. Um, but I haven't delved into the Disney Anna stuff yet. And it, frankly, it kind of scared me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why does it scare you? Well, maybe because... Um, I'm cheap and I don't like to put a lot of money into my collections. So <laughs> so am I. I'm exactly the same. I just yesterday, um, I got offered on eBay a set of gramophone records, which um, proper 78 records back from the 40s of um, Dumbo, Bambi, Snow White and Pinocchio. Oof. There was eight of them. And the dealer gave me, offered me a really good deal of about, Ooh, try to think of the equivalent. About sixty dollars for all eight of them, mm-hmm. and I was mm-hmm. kind of go- t- telling myself, "Well, it is worth it because they're normally about you know twenty five dollars a pop mm-hmm. if you sell it to the right person." Oh, should I? It's getting close <laughs> to Christmas. Yeah, but you have a gramophone record that's not doing anything. You got a gramophone player, <laughs> and you know you want to collect them because you've already started collecting the gramophone record. Oh, yeah fine <laughs> but <laughs> so um i i don't like to pay through my nose either i think if you find something you absolutely love and you have to have it you kind of go well i'll pay a little bit more for that but no i'm i'm the same i won't i won't pay my through my nose for something it'd have to be something pretty impressive for me to do that sure but, yeah. <laughs> a, a, a good starting point um anybody that you know if you do want to have a look it's always worth looking at uh, auction books because they'll do an auction book maybe every year of disneyana auction sales and it always gives you an image of what's going to be at the auction uh, a little brief history of that item and an estimated valuation 
Now, evaluations can go either way, as you can see on eBay. Just because one average Joe is selling it for 95 quid does not mean that it's actually worth it. But it gives you a really interesting snippet into the history without having to potentially look too hard. And it's just that's how I found out about so much of the merchandise that they used to sell at uh, Disney, the original Disneyland was just by looking through these auction books and they've just got pages and pages of stuff that they said would they sold at the parks and it's like necklaces and watches and really lovely clothing you know things that you're not going to get from walmart you know in america or <laughs> you know not the same quality but really fantastic things and you just get a brief history of what era they're from and how popular they were and how much they're worth so if you if anybody anybody wants to know how to to start looking into that look at auction books they are wonderful to get a bit of a bit of knowledge quickly this this always happens once we think we're done with content we just keep going we keep talking about <laughs> <Sorry. them. laughs> no, it, we 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 do the same thing <laughs> yep <laughs> Yeah. Just tell me to stop when you're ready. <laughs> I know this is uh, so with the way this all started was uh, Brian and I uh, were actually cousins and we both share a, a big affinity for Disney. And once COVID started, uh, we thought it would be cool to have a, a Zoom meeting and just talk about Disney. Yeah. Uh, just like talk about like all things. And um, I think it was it took us like one Zoom chat to say like maybe we should start a podcast. And so that's kind of how that all started. It was just oh, we wonderful. we wanted to get together and and talk about it and we thought it was interesting enough, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully it's interesting enough <laughs> that people might want to listen to it. So Well, definitely. I mean, if you get, you know, if you get people that you can share these sorts of experiences. I mean, I'm not saying I'm that interesting to be honest but if you've got so many people that love one common thing and they all have their own stories as to why they collect why they like one disney park over the other you know the, the great debate you know who's better mickey or minnie you know it's all <laughs> opinions and it's all just something that you can share and just kind of mm -hmm. go let's have a conversation and i mean it was only by chance that i saw your post about who collects I honestly didn't think I had anything worth talking about because I have like <laughs> six items and I call it a collection yeah hey it, anything I tell Mikhail all the time anything over three and you've got a collection so and he keeps making fun of me because <laughs> I think I think that I collect spirit jerseys and I only have two. Oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you mean you I gotta... get one in Black Friday sales uh, it's it was tough not getting anything on black. Actually, oh no, I, I that wasn't Black Friday. Um, I bought one of the uh, the actual face masks that um, look like a spirit jersey, but that wasn't on Black Friday. So technically, that's my third. I'm calling it my third. <laughs> yeah, it counts. <laughs> cool. Well, um, <laughs> I think that finally wraps it up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, again, again, thanks for thanks for coming out. Thanks for talking to us about uh, your collection and your Disney affinity. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, the, again, this has been a great conversation. So thanks so much. Yeah. Anytime. You think of another topic, I will probably comment. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
what a couple of great stories those were. Hey, Mikhailo. Uh, what a great start we had with Anthony. Uh, really has a great Haunted Mansion collection. It was fun hearing about some of the items that he's gotten um, and how he does it. Like He doesn't actively go out. He's just got people that are looking out for him and, and he's growing this collection through gifts. And how fun is that? Um, and then Laura, Laura Blanchard, how cool is she going out and reenacting a Disney strike? Uh, that's uh, like you're really getting really into a niche there um but what fun uh they both have with their collections and what a discussion we had with them oh yeah i i loved the history with laura um and everything like that i I think eventually we're just going to turn this into a disney history podcast (laughs) (laughs) um because because we're both pretty into it um but kind of teasing what we have coming up we actually did uh, a third interview with a collector and he collects only mickey memorabilia his name is paul botos and we talked to him about his experiences with collecting mickeys and his experience with the disney company so uh can't wait to to show you guys that one because it's some some amazing stories. Yeah, he was actually brought to Disneyland and uh, got to tour around and see a lot of different sites. So be sure to come back next week and check out that interview. It's quite a story. Well, that's all we got for you guys tonight. Thanks for listening to Miles from Main Street. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us on iTunes and subscribe. Email us at milesfrommainstreetpodcast at gmail.com with any thoughts and visit us on Facebook under Miles from Main Street. We'll be bringing more to you weekly and look forward to talking to you then. Until next week, remember, some live close, but most of us don't. So let's talk about it. (laughs) 